Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to the holiday show. This is it. This is where we just talk about my holiday for the whole time because Andy's in a hurry and has got to go somewhere. Hello, Andy. I'm back. I know. I know you are. <laughs> You're very much back. I am very much back. And joining it was us... nice and quiet without you. Was it? We had a very measured, uh, you know, sort of intimate conversation about tactics, <laughs> about, you know, about the... We didn't talk about holidays at all. Sorry, you were going to introduce someone else. I was, but we will still talk about my holiday. Uh, John Batsek is here. John, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. Happy to be here again. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, absolute pleasure. We haven't seen you since last uh, season. You've been busy, haven't you? Have you not been here since last season? I don't think no. I have. No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Yeah, oh, I've been right. rushing around. Okay. Can you tell us anything of what you're working on at the moment? Um, well, we're making a big film about Sir Alex Ferguson. Sorry okay, and that. that has been the Chelsea <laughs> podcast. Is it a documentary or a feature yeah, film? Documentary. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because you're obviously an Oscar-winning documentary maker. I've produced a couple of films that won Oscars, that's great. So you, won, you, you made Searching for Sugar Man? And One Day in September. Amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so is he, does it look like an Oscar-winning Alex Ferguson? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> Does anybody fate. in America know who Alex Ferguson fate. is? Well, we'll soon find out. <laughs> I, we, I think we've all had a, a, an encounter with Alex Ferguson at some point or another. I met him at, um, at a do, and it was sickening because he was so nice and charming. You've met him as well, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I went to the uh, Legends of Football uh, event last night that was honouring Frank Lampard, and, and Sir Alex Ferguson was honoured there some years ago, and I met him then, and he was lovely, very lovely man. Yeah, He is really, he's an impressive, charming, rather lovely man. So a bit different to today's Manchester United manager, would we say? Well, I think he was, uh, you know, once he steps over the white line, I think Alex Ferguson does get, you know, does get rather crazed. But this is my point. It makes me laugh when everyone goes on about how bad Mourinho is, blah, blah, blah. When you look back, there, there is no doubt that Sir Alex Ferguson could be just as contentious, couldn't he? Or do you different think sort different? of, it was a different sort of anger and fury, wasn't it, that came from Sir Alex? I feel like there's something... 
I don't know, poor old Jose. I, there's something really sad and sour about his demeanor. And I feel like Sir Alex was like mega imposing and bullying, but, but somehow, I don't know, I feel like Jose has plumbed different depths. I, I think I think the difference is it's a, and I, I don't know, but maybe I, I get the sense that Alex Ferguson always had the club in mind, always had the honour of the club or the club as a whole in mind. You know, obviously he felt himself to be the kind of the the, the centre of it, but it was all about the club, whereas Mourinho's all about Mourinho. Yeah, and he's having a massive crisis of confidence, and the, and the more he loses his confidence, the worse his behaviour becomes because mm. he's worried about his own abilities or inabilities, and it's absolutely not about the club. No, I think you're right. And, you know, I mean, they win against the second bottom club, Newcastle, at the weekend. And he comes out with all the stuff. You know, sometimes you win a game, just let it be. But to come out and call Marcus Rashford sad and, mm. and McTominay, you know, lost, you think, how does this do anyone any good? Anyway. He gave a video. He, he, uh, Mourinho gave a video for Frank. He couldn't be at the, uh, the event last night, so he sent a video in. And in the video, he was you know, obviously saying how much he loved Frank and what an integral part of the, you know, the titles that Chelsea won Frank was and how, how close they were and how great his family was. And at the end, he sort of pointed at his uh, Manchester United crest and he went, I'm still at Manchester United, you know, with, with a big smile on his face, you know. So there's an element of it's, the, it's, it's showbiz to him to a degree, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, but talking about last night, um, you sent me some photos of you and Frank. No, me and Frank are best mates now. What happened? Well, I have a, I have a, a sort of a theory that if you have a selfie with someone, you're they're then your mate. Okay. So me and Frank are now mates. Um, no, he was lovely. He was very charming. I couldn't. I was like a little girl. I couldn't speak. No, I was what? like quivering. Okay. You've got a lovely picture of you and John Terry, haven't you? Like, I have, yeah. And me and Jose, which I milk mercilessly and right. have from the second that I got him. But I'm exactly the same as you, although. I found it quite easy to chat with Jose, with people like Frank and JT who I've met. It's, it's yeah. like, it's just so much harder. Well, I sent a tweet out yesterday. It went pretty viral. You know, I, did, I sent this story about my son on Twitter, you know, meeting John Terry and, you know, he got a crazy amount. Of and I saw John Terry last night at the event and I, I couldn't, I couldn't go up to him. I was, I was just too, too nervous. I, I deal with pop stars all day. I work in the music industry. I, deal with, I don't care about pop stars at all. I go and talk to the biggest pop star. What doesn't bother me? But when Frank Lampard shook my hand, I, honestly, it was like I couldn't, I couldn't talk. Yeah, well, it was, it's funny because Jackie always talks about a time when there was Damon, myself and Phil and we were all in a bar and the whole Chelsea team walked in and there was Dennis Wise and everyone. And we, she just said it was ridiculous. You all turned into ridiculous, giggling people going, oh, you go and talk to him. No, you go and talk to him. Oh, you go. And, talk. and finally, we went, all right. And that was about it. And you I, did know, get, I did get a selfie with Ida Goodjohnson and Steve Sibwell. Yeah, right. okay. None other than Steve Sidwell. Fulham legends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how Ida introduced Steve, Steve Sidwell, yeah, it was. And uh, Steve Sidwell was lovely, actually, I have to say. I did make a, a rather, you know, a rather, you know, sort of crass joke about in the photo of two Chelsea legends and Steve Sidwell. But he was he was a lovely bloke. And Ida was very drunk um, and uh, and quite amusing. But, you know, that was just nice to see them there. Just nice to see a lot of the old boys there. You know, as you said, a lot of the players were on international duty, so they weren't there. But, you know, a lot of the old... Essien was there, Jody Morris was there, uh, Peter Cech was there, Zola, uh, Paolo Ferreira. You know, it was nice to see all those players there supporting Frank. It was a brilliant night. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think that that team and that collection of players will always stay with us because they bridged that period, didn't they, before Abramovich 
to the modern day. And I, I still never forget that whole thing with Zola when Zola had committed to playing for Cagliari, hadn't he? Mm. And, um, wouldn't change his mind. And wouldn't change his mind because he said, I haven't got anything in writing, but I gave my word. Yeah. And I thought, you know, what it would have been like to have him for a couple of years. Yeah, and what a bygone age. He gave his word and so he chose not to make a different move. That's, I don't think you'd hear that happening too often these days. No. No, well, actually, that's interesting. Before we even get onto the game, maybe we should talk about the, the sort of overall and overarching story of, of the, the season for Chelsea in, in Eden Hazard, and who's now come out publicly and made several proclamations that, you know, I could stay here, I could go, you know, I want to go, but I want to stay. Um, and actually, in a way, he's a bit like Zola. He doesn't seem to me as though he's got that burning desire to get out in the way that, say, Ronaldo fought for a deal to get out of United or Pogba fought to get out of Juventus and things. There's, it may actually work in our favour. I mean, how do we look at Eden Hazard as his situation is at the moment? I mean, you know, all I can say is I don't begrudge him anything. I, in my mind, he can say whatever he wants. He has given us six years, is it? Seven years? Two Premier Leagues at least? Mm. He's been a phenomenal player and he's earned the right, frankly, to actually rather gently. I mean, he's been pushed and pushed and pushed, hasn't he, since the off-season in the World Cup. And, uh, you know, I feel like, frankly, he, I mean, obviously none of us want him to leave. We particularly don't want him to leave in January. But if he did, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't begrudge him it. I think he has given Chelsea more than we could ever have imagined. Uh, and you know, he has the right to want to move on. I feel, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but all that furore when Frank went to Man City and Chelsea fans were, I mean, let the man do whatever he wants. He dedicated over a decade, gave us absolutely everything. And I, I mean, obviously Eden isn't, isn't quite at that level, but I happen to think he's, he's free to say and go wherever he wants. How do you feel? No, about I think it? I think that's a very good summation of how I feel. I, I, I think that Eden has, has been a brilliant player for us. He's, you know, he he could be slightly better schooled in what he says. You know, we know the trigger points for fans. You know, when you you know it's my dream to go to somewhere that always irritates fans. But I'm with you. You know, in my head, he's already gone next summer. You know, we're going to have one last Indian summer of of Eden Hazard, where he's going to score forty goals and single handedly win us the <laughs> league, and then leave in a sort of blaze of glory, and and we'll erect the statue probably within six months of him leaving. But you know, and and that and that's fine. And and this idea that he's been there a lot longer than we actually remember. That's the thing. He's been there a long time. He's given us a lot of service. He hasn't complained during his time at the club. There was a little period where he injured himself and he was playing through injury, and that caused a little bit of friction, didn't it? We were at the game at Leicester when he did yep. that, and and. Uh, you know, that, that that caused a little bit of friction. But far from that, I can't remember many ructions around Eden Hazard. No, although interestingly, I'm not sure he will go. I, I think that, I mean, he's an unbelievable talent, but I think there is, I think there's a difference between a him and a Ronaldo and a Messi. I mean, and I'm, I may be completely wrong, of course, but I feel like I'm not sure he wants to be the one player, the biggest player, the guy that all the pressure is on. I feel that like Eden actually, in some respects, he's perfectly suited at Chelsea because, of course, he's our best player. But it's not like the whole world is only focused on him and he has to do what Ronaldo did at his clubs, which is deliver everything. And I sort of slightly feel it's like he, he's perfect in the Belgium team. They look great, they play great, but they don't actually eventually win, win the big honours. Uh, and I, I think there's something about Chelsea 
the fact that we dip in and out of the Champions League and miraculously win it when we win it, but really we're not the team that everyone looks to year in and year out and says, so is Eden Hazard going to win them the Champions League this year? Um, so I slightly feel that, that maybe he... I'm not convinced he will leave. And also, by the way, now is not the time to go to Real Madrid. No. Real Madrid <laughs> is a shambles. Um, and well, actually, poor, old, poor old Courtois, you know, at the weekend, 96th minute winner wasn't it that you know he, he yeah. flapped out are you serious yeah they, the corner came in he against flapped Alaves, who beat Real Madrid for the first time since 1931 yeah 96th minute yeah yeah one nil but sorry uh, and, and also there's there's there's, there's yeah. a lot of rumors about their, their financial issues as well so maybe they can't afford him even though they've got you know the, the Ronaldo money in the bank so I don't know you know the, the big difference between between uh, Ronaldo and Messi and Hazard it's simple goals he just doesn't score as many goals as them, you know. So really, what are they looking for, those clubs? They're looking for goal scorers. But there's one other thing, isn't there? And I hate to say this, but it is true. Eden can be anonymous. In, from, in, in occasion, in occasion, yeah, no, that, Ronaldo and Messi that. are never, ever anonymous in games, mm-hmm. ever. They find a way to get involved they, in yes, the game. they never are. And I just feel like Eden doesn't quite yet. Maybe Sarri will give him that edge. But um, And you also, know, don't we, forget, we're not in the Champions League. And as long as he stays at a team that isn't in the Champions League, we owe him a massive debt because he should be in the Champions League. Well, I agree, I agree. You know, I, I think the thing with, with Hazard as well, the other thing that works in our favour is he's very much a family man. He doesn't have an agent per se. He's got his brother or father or whatever looking after him. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know how big his ambition is. He's very settled at Chelsea. He's been there a long time. You know, if he can, and also let's not forget the way Sarri, and we'll talk about this later, but the way Sarri is making the team play and the way Hazard plays, as as how many players have come out and made statements about the manager? You know, you've got Fabregas coming out saying, you know, and this is a man who's not really getting in the side at all and won't get in the side unless there's injuries, saying, I've learned so much from him. You know, you've got you've got all these Ross players. Barkley came Ross out. Barkley, yeah. you know, they're, they're all coming out. And Sarri is explaining what he's doing with players, you know, nips things like the Loftus-Cheek problem in the buds straight after the game. Well, why didn't he even get on the bench said he played 70 minutes I wanted to give him a rest that's why he's not there he is handling he's managing well, he's an old fashioned manager here's the other thing as well we're winning at the moment we've won 9 out of 11 games this season we're unbeaten everybody's in a good mood Every, everybody's yeah. everybody's happy you know everybody's feeling like a team we go on a bit of a run of losing suddenly this whole mood changes as it did last season and suddenly you start to you know to maybe hear whispers and rumours of players not being settled and comfortable and wanting to play or not wanting to play and you know when things are going well which they are at the moment and you know praise the Lord for that you know every, everybody's happy and, and that's the way football clubs tend, tend to run when, when you're winning everything's great you know and I've got a question which <clears throat> What happens with Eden when Zidane goes to Man United? Well, well, interestingly, didn't uh, Zidane's agent come out and say he will never manage in the Premier League yesterday or the day before? Which I thought was a really odd thing to come out with, which means he must be coming. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, well, we have to hope that, uh, yeah, I don't know. Talking about managers, just just while I remember, uh, obviously John Terry retired this week, 
which we must give a little bit of a nod to. Yeah, for sure. Know? And yeah. last night he was at this event. He was on stage. He was talking about Lampard, and they were trying to get some information out of him. And there was a sort of lot of laughing. And I can't talk about it. But the big rumor is he's going to go and and be assistant, assistant coach to, to Henri uh, uh, at Aston Villa. You know, which would be very interesting when when we come to talk about managers and Frank and John Terry and you know various Chelsea players starting to populate the uh, the Premier League um, or well the Championship, but hopefully mm. the Premier League next year. Um, and you know, I think it's very interesting. I think the Zidane thing's a bit of a red herring. I think he's nailed on for United personally, but I genuinely do. Right? Do you? you? Know, I do yeah. because I, I, I can't. Just... I can't. I can't see beyond him. I don't think who else there is. It, well, there is Antonio Conte, and I think they're mad not to have got him straight away. But 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 I do think Mourinho is. It's only a matter of time. I think and Conte is too emotional. You know, they've just, had, they've just had Mourinho. He's a fabulous manager. He wins wherever he goes. Well, he and... does, but he also causes problems wherever he goes. You know, I mean, he, he had, you know, he fell out seriously with the board at Chelsea, you know, and he would have a very similar situation at Man United. But it's a separate conversation, but why did he fall out with the board at Chelsea? Because they didn't support the man who just won us the league. I mean, you know I'm on his side. I'm a big, yeah. big fan. I, obviously, it turned horribly sour. And for, mo- for so many of the players to come out and say, we wouldn't have stayed if he'd stayed. Clearly, he messed up big time, not least with Diego Costa. But if I was, and I would you? get, I would take Conte over Zidane at Man U in a heartbeat because mm. he knows how to win domestic leagues. I don't, I don't think that they Man, won't. Man United will take him because no, they they've just in a, a little bit like when you know Real Madrid were bruised after the Mourinho experience. You don't want another emotional. Manager That's right. The perception is he's bad news. Well, and emotional, and just you yeah. know maybe they just want a steady hand on the tiller. And you know. Zidane is is a quiet, softly spoken guy. Yeah. Doesn't do much in press conferences. Doesn't do just hand goes it. Doesn't yeah. uh, non-emotional. You know, that's kind of what they need. They need some settling down. Hopefully it doesn't happen for ages because I got, like the chaos. So we've got let's two go games to talk about. Well, all right. You said that at the start and you just you just carried on and on. Um, so, yeah, let's go back to, uh, well, last week in the Europa League. Thursday, yeah. Vidi. Uh, Molvidi. Um, uh, obviously changed their name every couple of years when they get a new sponsor. It used to be called Videoton, now Molvidi. Um, I think we all thought they were going to be a pop Be- team. Yeah, and people thought they were the ex-cable company, but that yeah. was Videotron. Right. And was, they even said it in the commentary in the game. Yeah. They said, oh, well, you know, they changed their name because, of course, they were, you know, the same name as the cable company. And you're going, no, it's Videoton, not Videotron. Anyway, carry on with the team. So, so Keperingo, which I think we were a little bit surprised. I thought it might give Willie another go. Zappacosta, um, Cahill, Christensen and Emerson as a back four. Loftus-Cheek, Fabregas and Kovacic with Pedro, Morata and William. So a strong team and there were calls for play the youth, play the youth, play the kids. Um, and he isn't. And it kind of goes back to something you were saying about the Champions League. It's like, if you win the Europa League, you get a Champions League place. That's clearly what Sarri is thinking he wants to win stuff he's never won anything you know this idea that you're gonna you know just just use use you know these major competitions as development squad opportunities it's not going to happen I mean we'll come on to say that he actually made nine changes for the game on Sunday so he's rotating but he's not putting in kids to try them out you know Sarri's a man I think that wants tried and trusted players in there that can do a job he might take one or two risks but he's not going to be putting in 17 year olds unless he's absolutely convinced they're bulletproof do you not think there's also something that actually, because he's only had this team for a short while, he wants them to understand his system 
and the way that he plays. And so the more he plays them together, the more it gets cemented in. So, you know, you look, there's, only, there's a handful of changes, but they're sort of important players. They're all players of the real first-team squad that plays. Yeah. And I think, for him, he wants them to get game time together, playing the way, so it becomes second nature for that squad. Yeah, he could put in hudson Adoy and all those people, but that's not the way he views it. He knows how important they will be, but I think he's trying to cement everything. One thing I will say, this was a dog of a game. Mm. Oh, my God, that's 90 Lovely. minutes I'll never get back. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I think everybody thought it was going to be a pub game. I certainly thought it was going to be, you know, we'll turn up, we'll smash five in the first half, we'll take our foot off in the second half, and then we'll cruise through and make a load of substitutes, and Ampadu will come on, and it'll all be lovely. But actually, they were a little bit better than we thought they would be. Well, certainly a little bit more committed than we thought they'd be. Um, you know, they were they, like a quality Newcastle they got something. They got in amongst us. They made it difficult. You know, they closed us down. I think we sort of started the game you know slightly somnambulant um, sleepy sleepy mm. sleepy somnambulantly and um, <laughs> you know we, we kind of slept walk through the first um, you know 15-20 minutes and, and you know we, we created you know we had 28 shots in that game five on target we had 18 corners, which corners is a nightmare at the moment. Why can't we do anything with corners? We're terrible at corners. Although we are actually putting the ball into the right area instead of well, hitting the first of, man. Sort no, of. I mean, a lot of them are either flying over and going out for a throw-in, or you know, hitting or, or hitting the first man. One or two are. We had um, 18, uh, 18 corners in that game, and in the game uh, on uh, Sunday, we had 12 corners. That's 30 corners over two games. Never looked like scoring. No, no it's never looked like scoring. You know. Williams taking them. I don't think Williams doing a great job on the corners. You know, Hazard takes the occasional one. Hazard never elevates the ball. They always come in like really flat. William always go overcooks it. You know, it's a real issue. You know, I mean, if you're getting that many corners, it means you're you're playing football in their half. You're playing in and around their box. You're creating opportunities. You're you know you're getting shots in. But when we get the shots in, we have got to do something with it. I'm finding it very frustrating. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, I, I don't know how you view it, John, but I, it, for me, it it seems though they don't seem to work on it, or something goes wrong. What is it? And it has been a problem for the last few years. You know, last season we kept hitting the first man all the time. And, and yet we still seem to score a lot of goals from corners. Not necessarily this season. I mean, listen, I'm slightly embarrassed to say that, that from many years ago, at least a decade ago, whenever we got a corner at the bridge, I would shout, we never score from corners, which would be incredibly irritating for everyone sitting around me. But it was my, like, my chant was, we never score from corners. Obviously, in the hope that we would, we 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 struggle with corners, but also so do lots of other teams. I'm always shocked at how hard the guy taking the corner struggles to actually get the ball in the air and into the right area. Well, they don't the, get the... much of a run up in Premiership. In, uh, oh, you know, I, I, I know. I mean, this is something that Gary Hay says. You know, that actually, there's often a little slope leading up to the thing. You're not getting a lot of thing. It's quite difficult. But you know, you have to put it in and around the penalty spot. That's yeah. all you got to do. Really. And since you've been six years old, you've been taking corners. That's what you do. That's part of the game. Yeah, the you've got that... Olivier Giroud on the pitch, or you've got Morata on the pitch, or you've got Rudiger, or you've got Luis, or you've got people that are really good in the air. Put it on their head. And, you know, yeah. I just, I don't understand why it's so difficult to do Zola that. Zola used to take corners and he took great corners. Drogba took brilliant in. corners. Drogba, and Frank LaBeouf would meet them, though, yeah. yeah. With but, I mean, it's, it's also, uh, you could actually look at, you know, some of our crossing through a game from open play is not that good either. Well, Zappacosta's not a great Moses crosser. crossing the ball, I mean, seriously, that's, I mean... So frustrating. It's almost like it's a secondary part of the game for a lot of the players. They go, yeah, well, we don't like to score that way. And yet we've got players now up front who would thrive 
if the ball was put into the right area in and around the penalty spot or the six-yard box and would probably score an awful lot more goals than that they do. I thought I tell you, I thought I had a really good game and, and it involved kind of getting the ball in the area. I thought Emerson had a really good game. I thought he looked really solid. I mean, I think he's a really ready-made backup for Alonso. Yeah. You know, Zappa Costa looks a little bit wobbly on the other side. Emerson, I think, is a, is a really good backup. But I thought he played brilliantly in that game. I had a shout for man of the match. Yeah, and every time Kepa makes a good save, I sort of breathe a sigh of relief because I back the guy and I think he looks great and I just think with every great save he makes... Suddenly you believe. Yeah, and he's going to get belief and he's you know and I, I feel again at the weekend he made a couple of fantastic you're right games. actually because it, it was kind of like for the first six or seven games anything. all of us are going so what is he is he a decent yeah, and keeper and then score that goal and some people try to blame oh, him for on, that. no 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 that's yeah. just out uh, of this world you know, people it? are wanting very quickly to well obviously because he costs so much money yeah. but I actually think he's yeah as I said with every that you know the fact that he made a great save and Morata scored that'll do yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and that's a, that's also one concern I have, and one thing that's highlighted is Christensen. I don't think has had a great start to the season when I've seen him. Looks like he's got two mistakes again, and him looks like he's going slightly backwards. I think he he came he? out well, and said that he's not had a great six start to the season. Needs to kind of recalibrate and reset. And you know, I mean, clearly there's a, there's a lot of talent there, but something isn't isn't working. Well, whether it's having someone next to him or just confidence. And so Luis has stepped up in such a major way, isn't he? That I think you know. Yeah, I mean, we're still not right. If 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 the ball comes in, it's a bit of a concern sometimes mm. between Rudiger and and Luis. For you know, sure, they're great I mean, with David people Lewis running will at them. Never be a safe option as a no. proper centre back. But he has been pretty good. He's a great player. Decent yeah. clearance off the line against Liverpool. Yeah. Absolutely, He's you a know, fabulous I mean, footballer. He, what the difference is now with Luis, you're seeing the same Luis we saw when he came back a couple of years ago in the fact that he's committed. He may make mistakes, but he gets up and chases it down again. Yeah. Or he, he thinks about how to help the team. He cares about the team. And I think, again, that's Sarri putting his arm around. And this is the other thing. You know, I, I think Sarri obviously has true man management skills. He's handling them all. They all seem to love him. Yeah, I know you're, what you're saying about us winning. Andy, and it's easy from this position. We'll find out the true measure of the side once yeah. once we start losing. This is another, another interesting thing from last night. Sorry to keep going back and forward. Um, Frank Lampard singled out Avram Grant, who was in the audience, and talked about what brilliant man management skills he had. And he talked about the time when his mum died around the Liverpool game and whether he was going to play in that Liverpool game where he scored the classic penalty, arms mm. in the air. Mm. Um, and he you know, eulogised Avram Grant's man management skills. And that came as a bit of a shock, really. I never really thought, I mean, I'm really thought about that. I mean, I'm such a cynic. I, I mean, Avram Grant. If he hadn't been in the audience, would Frank have said anything about Avram? I think so. Frank's a because he charming... was talking about his mum, and he was talking Which about is and, lovely. He was, and he was talking about the pressures of playing when you know when 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 you've got things going on in your personal life. And he was it sort of segued him from how different it is being a manager. He was talking about how a man being a manager is so all consuming, mm. and sometimes players have things going on in their lives, and it takes a real man manager to be able to do that and he said the one person you know that I can really point to about somebody that you know handled that so brilliantly was Avram right which is lovely you know and I I don't think it was token at all you know I think you know because he had all these ex-Chelsea managers in the room no and I'm sure that means Avram Grant was probably a really sensitive decent human being he's just not a football manager of any sort well I don't think he was saying that I was just I just think I just think it's it's interesting to you know to think you know you have this this image of him as being a slightly cynical cold you know um you know you know sort of um, wannabe really and without any kind of like you know sort of warmth from the team at all yeah that's not not the impression right, that was given well, last night so 
Um, so, so to, to Chelsea now unbeaten in 10 games in all competitions, losing, lost their opening fixture against Man City in the Community Shield, but sort of rolling on really. I mean, William was another player, you know, who is who gets a, he's quite a Marmite player amongst the fans. I mean, some, yeah. some people just don't get William, but he's been directly involved in five goals in his last six games for Chelsea in European competitions, scoring four, assisting one. You know, he makes things happen. I'm again, he's another fantastic footballer and, and a frustrating footballer because, you know, 50% of the time I always think that he could do better. I mean, you know, he could score more goals. He's, a, he's such a talent. Well, anybody who sits around me will tell you that I'm always moaning about his final products. But, you know, I, do think, I think he lacks a final product sometimes, even though, I mean, he could, as you say, could do better, I think. He's a fantastic player, though, and I'm glad he's still there. And, I love him. Yeah. I absolutely love him because... He's a bit like Hazard in the way that he can do the unexpected in such a way, but not consistently. And, and you know, if you could get both of them firing on the same day in the same way, I mean, I don't know whether actually having them both inside makes it harder for, for both of them to play as up to their full capabilities. But, you know, there is no doubt. He, I mean, he is an amazing footballer, but he can be frustrating. And I tell you who else has got that ability and that quality, and slowly but surely he's getting the confidence coming out, and that is Ross Bark. Ross Barkley is a player. Mm. He's got a twinkle. He knows how to drop his shoulder and make a pass that splits an entire um, defence. And we don't have enough of those players. Well, let's let's come on and talk about Ross because he was the story, I think, against Southampton. Just finishing up on on the uh, on, on the Mulvaney thing, we had 28 shots in the game. That's more in the game in all competitions since May 2017 against Sunderland. We just couldn't make them count. I do fear for our, uh, you know, for our, for our goal scoring a little bit, particularly yeah. from midfield. But I think, you know, that's kind of spoken from last week's perspective. I think this week's perspective is something is starting to change. You know, maybe Morata finding his goal touch. We, we'll see. We, nice. we will see. Maybe you know we had twenty one shots on Sunday. We had six on target. Yeah, you know, so uh, it's it's a conversion. Target. Look, yeah, we'll again. I don't want to keep jumping between the two games, but we will come on and talk about. I do, and I've been saying it almost every podcast. There is an issue. We are over reliant on Hazard. You know, I mean, lovely to see Morata score. You for know, sure. he looked like a wounded animal for most of the game, but lovely. I mean, I think there's a huge sense of relief for him scoring in both those finish. games. Really good finish. He didn't have to think about it. I think yeah. that's the thing. When he doesn't have to think about it, when it's instinctive, his instinctive play is really good. I think when he has to you know, make a decision, I think, I think that's the confidence thing. But, you know, that was a beautifully instinctively taken goal, as was the goal on Sunday. So, you know, that was his first Europa League goal of the season after 14 attempts. Yeah, you know, I mean, so. w- wouldn't you say... Though, it was only his second on target. Well, you, you were saying about being over-reliant on Hazard. Well, <clears throat> I'm afraid when you've got a world-class player and they're playing well you will always become over-reliant on them because they are the exception to the rule. Well, no, I mean, no, because, sure. no, I, no, because I think no, when, you, no. when, you know, when, when you had midfields full of Essien, Ramirez, Lampard... Uh, well, look at Man you know, City, they've got plenty of world-class players and they don't have to depend on any of them. Yeah, Aguero gets a lot of goals, but then so does De Bruyne, so does David Silva. So, you know, see, I, I think that's the problem. We have, for too long now... The, all the responsibility is rested with Eden Hazard, and you've got to have more players with that kind of ability if you really want to challenge. We've, we don't have a top, top goal scorer. Maybe Morata will, will, will find that form. Maybe he won't. Costa very definitely was that. 
Unless um, Hazard gets 40 goals this season, where, where are the goals going to come from, Kerry? Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic, they don't score goals. Barkley, I mean, he scored at the weekend, but he's not going to get you 20 goals. Where are they going to come from? You know, possibly Pedro might chip in with 12 or 13, William the same. But they're not, you know, that's the problem is where, you know, where are they going to come from if Hazard doesn't score them? Well, I think, you know, th- that's what I'm saying. Perhaps things are changing, you know, just seeing, like when Barkley scores and he's inside on the goal line to score... That's a difference to a midfielder who stays outside the box. So I'm still of the belief that Sarri is teaching him some of this stuff. And you've seen Kovacic get through. Okay, he should probably have had a couple of goals by now. But he's a good we are, player, though. Yeah, he is a, he's, a, he's got that quality about him. And, you know, we just got to see how Sarri deals with it because he's used to scoring a lot of goals everywhere that he's been. I think our most settled three in midfield is going to be Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante. I think, you know, Barkley will come in and out, but I don't think Barkley's going to be the first choice. I think Kovacic will be the first choice. And and, and Kovacic, Jorginho and Kante, if you look at them, none of them have ever scored goals. That, we're going to struggle if that's the case. I think you're probably right, but we are going to struggle yeah, because there are, there's, there are no goals in that midfield. Well, unless they provide so well for the front three. If you get a front right, but three, when two of fires. your front three, uh, Giroud who hasn't scored a single goal for us, and Morata who's struggling to score, I mean, that's. I mean, we right. love Giroud. I mean, he's a cult hero, but he's not there to score goals. He's there to cause chaos and hold the ball up. Yeah, he's not there yeah, to score. You goals. can't be a centre. I mean, yes, but he's got to bag ten goals. I spoke to my Uber driver last night. He was an Arsenal fan. He was going, "We love Giroud, but we knew he was never going to score." You know exactly why you love him. He was going because you know that you bring him on with twenty minutes to go, and you bang the ball up to him, and he might get you ahead of it. Ultimately, he he's there to them, bring other, not a huge amount. You know, he was very much an impact sub for them. Um, but he was saying what we say, which is he brings other players into the game. You know, he's great holding the ball up, laying it off to Eden. He's great. He's creating lots of opportunities. He causes chaos. He occupies defenders. He does all that stuff. He's not in the in the in the squad to score 20 goals a season that's not why he's there you know and Morata is there to score 20 goals a season but looks a million miles off doing that well maybe again we'll see the next few games will tell us more you know he's got two in two so yeah. things are changing for him well uh, two in two for the Europa League should we talk about the um uh, about the Premier League game on uh, Sunday yeah absolutely let's do it so I went down to that game which was fun down on the south coast um, and we made nine changes from the team that started in midweek. So Kepper in goal, uh, kept his place, but the back four completely changed. Azpilicueta, Luis, Rudiger, Alonso, Kante, Jorginho and Barkley uh, in midfield with Giroud up front, Hazard and William either side of him. 4-3-3 again, that seems to be the preferred uh, option. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't a particularly difficult game for Chelsea it never is really when we go down there I think we're kind of six in a row now against them so you know it was never going to be a tough thing but once again I think if you analyse the game and you look at the chances they had I mean Danny Ings had a chance you know we are living slightly dangerously you know in and around our penalty area so although it says 3-0 on the um, on the score sheet there were opportunities I think for Southampton and we've got to really take a step back and look and reflect on that and go it, it wasn't the walkover that it may look on paper. No, well, I mean, it, it kind of was, but it was a couple of moments of uh, uncertainty. And I, I, again, I'm sure Sarri will look at these things and he'll, he'll start working things out. You know, I mean, he knows that he's got a few issues here and there. He knows he's not scoring enough and he knows, well, actually, we could have conceded a lot more than we actually have. So he's riding his luck and we'll hopefully carry on that way. But uh, Match of the Day did a really big piece on Ross Barkley. Did you watch Match of the Day? They, 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 did, a, they did a really big analysis on, on Ross Barkley. 
Barclay, uh, which was very interesting and talked about, you know, some of the things that you've mentioned about getting forward a lot and, you know, working with Sarri and confidence and becoming the player that we, you know, that Everton always kind of knew he was um, and enjoying football. And what was interesting, you know, being in the crowd, being in the, the away and really loved that goal. You know, I mean, you really saw him almost blossom, come out of his shell. You know, his chest was pumped up and, you know, they, they, they took him on off, I think, after about 81 minutes and bought um, Kovacic on um, and, you know, to see out the game. But as he walked off, he got a massive round of applause. He, you know, applauded the crowd. He, I think that was the first time he properly felt like a Chelsea player, you know, and, and, and we felt he was a Chelsea player. And it is exciting. It's exciting to see, a, you know, a, a creative midfield talent like that suddenly start to, you know, to get some confidence. Well, let's talk about Ross Barkley in a sec, because we do have to go to this word from our sponsors. The Chelsea is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Chelsea Beer of the Month. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back. Ross Barkley. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. It was his moment to become a Chelsea player. How, how do you feel about Ross at the moment? I mean, I've said it from the get-go. I think he's, you know, he's, he's a proper talent. I think he's a player. He's got a bit of the gazer in him. You know, he's got the ability to play a pass that, that breaks the defence, sets, puts someone through and in on goal and scores a goal. I think Which he did with Hazard. Yeah, I think yeah. he, yeah, he created that. He, he broke the play up. He, he won it ball. and he played it. Yeah, that was so, beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I feel he's, he's, I mean, like all players, I suppose, but he, he will, the more he can build his confidence, the more, you know, he, we're going to benefit from it. So the whole... And I like Kovacic a lot, so it's a dilemma there. But I, I think he's, a, I think he's a, a real talent, and I think we're a team that lacks that. And so that's the real problem with the midfield is that you know there's there's not enough creativity in there at the moment, and he's the most creative of them. So if he isn't going to play, what's going to happen? So what's your views on Kante? Because we've had a lot of discussions about this. People saying, oh, you know, we've had Gary saying that he doesn't think he'll last at Chelsea. And um, I mean, it's sort of heartbreaking, but I, I, I feel like we're playing. Well, I'm, I'm sure various people have said this. He's a phenomenal footballer who we are currently playing in the wrong position. He's fantastic. You know, he's the best holding midfielder in the world. Playing devil's advocate, though, we're winning. Yeah, we are, so but but, but, but what issue, did he, you know, you can normally say, well, the last two seasons you said, what did Kante do in that game? And you can just list the zillions of times that he broke the play up and set us forward. Not anymore, because, you know, he's just not p- performing the same role. Well, do you know, do you know what my view on this? And I, again, I've, you know, been watching him very closely when I've been going to the games. I think what he's doing exceptionally well, and it's going slightly unnoticed, is breaking the play up a lot higher up the pitch. You know, which means that we're able to play much more dominant football. I mean, 76% possession against Mulvidi, 65% possession against Southampton. We know stats are, you know, a removable feast, but, you know, we are playing much more possessive football. And a lot of that is down to they can't get out of their half. Now, you know, it, Kante is, is normally sitting on the halfway line, breaking play up as it comes towards us. He's on the edge of the 18-yard box. They're terrified of him. They're, they're pumping the ball. It's coming straight back at them. They're not trying to play out of defence when he's around. So I think it's going slightly unnoticed is what he's doing I think I it might be it might be I don't know maybe he's out of position I don't know but maybe it's a Sarri masterstroke because it seems to suit his style of play because we're playing so much on the front foot compared to last season I actually thought he had his best game in this position against Southampton I think he did more there was a couple of times he came back and just 
took the ball off players. Oh, it's astonishing. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it could work. I, I don't think Sarri's a fool. He must have thought about it. He's gone, I need Jorginho for the way I play, but I can't lose Kante. If you look at Jorginho, there's not a lot of last-ditch tackles. No. Because what's happening is the ball is being pumped away by teams, up, up to, you know, just getting rid of the ball, essentially. Jorginho is then just laying it off, laying it off. There's not... He, the, the, the Kante job is, is not needed at the moment where you have someone shielding the back four. We're playing very high. We're pressing very high. You know, Kante's winning the ball further up the pitch. We're not being troubled. I mean, our, our problems are coming down the flanks, you know, where people are getting in behind us down the flanks or the ball over the top or the shots from range. You know, they're not coming from that kind of press in midfield. Even Liverpool, who were classic, they didn't do that to us. So I don't know. I think, it, I think it kind of is working. I don't know whether that's intentional. But, you know, 11 unbeaten says something. Uh, no, I and think I, it's I, intentional. I, I agree with you. I mean, Sarri, he clearly knows what he's doing. But again, I look at it and I find it hard not to believe that I feel like there must be more in Jorginho, you know. I can't believe he doesn't have more forward drive and more creativity than we're seeing at the moment. And I, I got, a couple of weeks ago, I got really frustrated with all those stats forgive me about you know 1700 passes in this one game but they were one foot to the left and two foot to the right and they didn't actually progress the 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 play but he's but that's his job though i i I think i fundamentally disagree with you on that one but i can see why why one would get frustrated with it i look at he's always talking He's always talking. Somebody else pointed that. I think it was Rick pointed it out. If you watch him, he's always talking, directing traffic. The ball, he's a hub. He's a magnet. The ball's coming to him. He's always an option. His job is not to drive forward. He's not Ramirez. His job is not to kind of pick the ball up or Essien. Mm. He's not that player. His job is to, to lay the ball off and be an option. Let other people drive forward. To no, sit to be there, fair, keep the tempo going. Keep it ticking. To be fair, I thought, I, to be honest, I thought, I, thought, I thought we were going to be exposed in so the Liverpool I. game. And so I watched I. that game and I was mightily impressed because for all the, we're definitely not the finished article, you know, that game told me two things. We're well on and heading in the right direction and Liverpool are not going to win the league. Um, and I thought, I thought, you know, yeah, it worked, it worked really, considering how long they've been doing it, which is not very long, it worked remarkably well. Do you know, I, what, do you know what Jorginho is? He's a bass player. You yeah. took him out the band, you'd notice him. You don't yeah, notice totally. him when he's in there. He's the rhythm. If you took him out the band, the you know, you'd, it would be sound very tinny. Yeah, you I, th- I, I mean? think you're, I think it's a good analogy. And, you know, you just look, I mean, a lot of those passes, you think, hold on, can they really count those five backwards and forward <laughs> passes? You know, come on. But I when you're winning 1-0, 2-0, it doesn't matter. Then he does things like that ball with the outside of the boot down yeah. the line for uh, Marcus Alonso. And you just go, oh, my God, but he can do that. I just think... I just think he's very understated in the way he plays. Um, no, but but coming back to your question, it still it still it's it still leaves a question mark about Kante, doesn't it? If Kante's happy doing what he's doing, then great. But I wouldn't be surprised if within the next year we take in two hundred million quid and off he goes to somewhere. I, I hope it isn't the case, but but in some respects. It might even be the right thing to do, dare I say it, because I it would give us a tremendous amount of money to buy. Yeah. I, I can't I imagine Kante ever not being happy. He just seems like right, the, no, the happiest bloke yes. in the world. You <laughs> know? If you said to him, actually, Kante, you can't play today, you've actually got to sell the burgers outside the ground because we need someone to do that, mate. He'd be like, that's fine. Yeah. That's cool. I'll do that for you. No problem. Stick the apron on. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't get the sense that he's any trouble at all. No, I'm sure you that's know. true. Are you just dressing Kante up in an apron? It's a bit weird, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> in his mini. But I, I, I'd just like to say something away from this as well, because, you know, I've watched all the games while I was in Morocco and things, and they love their football out there. And, and out, out in Morocco, everyone is either Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, or Juventus, plus quite a lot of Chelsea. 
I actually saw the classic, and I didn't have my camera with me, but a man on a camel in the Sahara Desert in a Chelsea shirt. I went absolutely mm. mad. I was going, oh my God. And I saw about six or seven people. I've got a few photos of some of the people I met. And they, were, they weren't the knockoff shirts. Well, one was a knockoff. The rest were official. It was like, you know, unbelievable. And, and one even had one of the new training kits, which actually, I have to say, you know, it was really odd to see over there because you always think it's always going to be, I didn't see a man new shirt at all, which was fantastic. Apart from our driver, who somebody given him uh, a windsheeter which had a Man U logo on it. And uh, as soon as I saw it, I said, I'm sorry, you've got to wear that inside out. So he spent the whole time being our guide wearing that inside out, which was cool. And All I heard of that last became, sentence was our driver. Yeah. Like being <laughs> chauffeured around the Sahara Desert. Well, yeah, that's kind of what happened. You know, Brilliant. A guide to take us around. And, and was the man on the camel wearing the new ocean blue, grey, white, orange, blue, grey, <laughs> ocean use blue? The, did he use the app to kind of like just run it across? Because apparently you can use the shirt, has, a, has a, a QR code in it that can unlock stuff on an app. Was he no, doing that on his no, camel? No, he wasn't. But, you know, I pointed out to Abdul, the driver and guy. You just made that up. What? Abdul, the driver. No, it's absolutely true. Abdul. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you photos of him. He's absolutely top bloke, took us everywhere, and I got him converted to being a Chelsea fan. And we came up with a little thing you'll hear at the end uh, where we the Berbers wear this blue. Who are the Berbers? The Berbers are one of the tribes in, okay. in Morocco, and um, they wear a blue, which is Chelsea blue. So we did a little thing called Chelsea blue, Berber blue, and got him to convert all his friends, hopefully, into being Chelsea. Well, that's your podcast title. So they, well, of course it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that. Well, it was going to be uh, Veni Vidi Vici, but, you know, somebody had already used it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> there know. There you go. There you go. But anyway, Chelsea in Morocco is all quality. Good. That's what I'd say. Excellent. Good so, yes, um, I think we're, we're quite happy, aren't we, with the way it's going with Sarri? Yeah, I mean, that last goal, the Morata goal, I mean, yeah. God, we were pleased to see Morata score after mm. he'd already missed a one-on-one. But, you know, 34 passes leading up to that goal was just some special football and a lovely dink through for Morata. You know, again, instinctively, just lifted it over the keeper. You know, so, you know, maybe things are turning the corner for him. Should we talk about the youth very quickly? Before yeah, of course. Before we wrap up. Do I mean, round up. the under-18s beat Brighton 2-1 away from home on Saturday. Um, the under-19s were in European action. They uh, recorded an emphatic 10-1 win over Norwegian side Mulder FC at Cobham in their UEFA Youth League last Under the Wednesday. guidance of JT, no? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, hat-tricks for Billy Gilmore and uh, Dyshawn Dysh- uh, Redan in that game. Uh, no game for the uh, Chelsea women last week. Got to call them Chelsea women now, not Chelsea ladies. You know this? Oh, that must have happened while I was away. Yeah. Well, I got told off by Dan Levine last week for calling them Chelsea ladies. Oh. They're now Chelsea women, um, which is fine. And they play Arsenal at home on Sunday. And then we've got a stupid international break coming up. Oh, I hate it. I, do you hate the international breaks? I mean, yeah, I kind of do, but only because I worry that Hazard's going to get injured. But <laughs> <laughs> well, has already pulled out, hasn't he, of the, uh, of the, the Germany squad. Has he? Yeah, with a groin injury. But he's apparently he's going well. to be fit again for... for well, you know, it's, it's that kind of... He's playing well, but again, he's got a couple of mistakes in him. I mean, Southampton, he, he seemed to be, you know, addicted to heading the ball straight to the feet of the uh, on-rushing attackers. But then throwing And then recovering, the and then recovering, the yeah. But, ensuing shot. I mean, but, he is do or die. He's a bit of a folk hero. Brilliant. If he he's carries brilliant. on like this, he's going to become yeah. a proper folk hero, I think, at Chelsea. So, you know... Um, but, but, then, but then Man United. Then we've got Man United. Yeah. Um, 
with Jose. Good yeah. time to play him. Well, you say with Jose, you don't know that. <laughs> I, I can't. Man, you were in so much disarray. Sanchez has saved no his way. job, ironically, hasn't he? I mean, I think he was 45 minutes from getting sacked. Do you think? Well, he, well, interestingly, he was 45 minutes from getting sacked last season when they were 2 0 down at City and should have been 5 0 down. Yeah. And he was definitely 30 minutes away from being sacked the other night. So, yeah. It's but as you say, the longer he stays there for the rest of us, the better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I hate to say disloyal things about Jose, so anyway. I know what you mean. It's a bit of an odd one, but, you know... It's, I, I get really upset. It upon himself. He, you know. he has, but and we can't forget. We owe him everything. I feel we owe him I, everything. Look, I think it's like a, a really good mate of yours that you, know, that, that you grew up with and has been a brilliant mate. You're always going to love them, but has been a dick for the last six months. And <laughs> we are who we are today because of him, is my feeling. I, I, I totally agree. I don't think any Chelsea fan would disagree with you, but I think you have to look at his behaviour. and For sure. Some of it is beyond the He's pile. lost the plot completely. He yeah, he, he, he needed a sabbatical before he joined Man U and he needs one now, big yeah. time. Yeah. I, I don't know where he goes. I guess... Nowhere. Yeah. On well, holiday. Put your feet up. No, but I mean, as a manager, ultimately, I guess he can only go for the Portugal There's only so job. many bridges no, you can burn. He could go to PSG. I mean, there are plenty of places he could go, aren't there? PSG yeah, would maybe. be obvious, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. AC Bayern, Milan, Bayern, Bayern, AC Milan, PSG. There are plenty of places that, yeah, that will have him in a heartbeat. Yeah, I guess They've so. They love him, don't they? As well, we go back to Inter. Yeah. You know, he didn't burn that bridge. No, that's true. So, yeah, uh, perfect time to play him. Um, it's going to be... An interesting return. It's a twelve thirty kickoff. Yeah, never so sure about those lunchtime kickoffs for atmosphere and things. Mm. Um, so, how do we see that panning out? Good time to play him. I mean, I don't know if it is or it isn't. I feel like, you know, you never quite know, do you? I, it's going to be a lot of Chelsea players coming back to prove a point. Yeah, you know, Lukaku, Mata, Matic. Oh yeah, Matic is going to be injured by all accounts. Right. Okay. He's going to be? He's injured, so he may well not make it. Okay, well, that's good news. But, uh, yeah, how, how do we sit panning out? Um, what's your prediction? I think we're pretty strong at home. I think we'll create opportunities, we'll create chances. They don't look lethal in front of goal. Um, I, I, think, I think we should have enough in the tank. I, I'd hope we'd have enough in the tank. I'm going to say 2-0. i got to say, I think at least half that team hates their manager. And as we know from our own experience, I don't think many teams win games when that's the atmosphere. So... I think we'll beat them. Score? 2 0. You can't have the same score. Oh, you know you can't have the same score. I think if we score in the first 15 minutes, we'll win 3 0. If we don't, we'll win 1 0. I I think we'll we'll have enough to to take control of them. So, you know, we, we will see. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. Thanks as always, Andy. And to have you back, John. Thanks for having Hopefully me back. We'll have you back soon. And thanks to everyone in Morocco who supports Chelsea. Keep the Berber blue flying high. And this is a little word from Abdul. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.